Welcome to another episode of the Understory podcast. Understory is a global community and a platform for innovators and innovative companies that are trying to make a huge impact in our world and trying to make our world more sustainable. Today, we're thrilled to have Alex Diamond, who is the head of marketing at Descartes Labs. Alex, welcome to the Understory podcast. Thanks, JJ. It's great to be here. To start off, tell us more about your background, and then we can shift to talk about Descartes Labs and its work. Sure. Uh, my background is, is pretty securely placed in the geospatial industry. So uh, I went to University of Illinois. I got a bachelor's degree in geography, focusing on GIS, also uh, minored in geology. Uh, geology was sort of my uh, preferred choice going into college, but and I ran into geophysics and some of the math involved. And uh, I had heard from a friend about this new application called GIS. And uh, as soon as I started taking classes, I loved it. And uh, by the end of my senior year, I had an internship at the Illinois Natural History Survey. Uh, we were doing classification of land cover types in the state of Illinois. And uh, I look back in that now, and it's a lot of the same principles uh, that that have progressed into machine learning, supervised and unsupervised classification in particular. Um, out of school, I got a job at a, a earth science software company in Golden, Colorado. I worked there a couple of years and familiarized myself with a, a number of different earth science software applications, uh, sold a lot of Esri products. In our, uh, we were the, uh, I think, Rocky Mountain Regional Business Partner of the Year. And uh, I then moved on to a company called Digital Globe, and they are a, a commercial remote sensing satellite company. I was there for about five and a half years as a senior product manager on the commercial side, uh, developed uh, a lot of systems for commercial customers, uh, some web services for uh, commodity companies, and overall just had a great experience there. Uh, when I left uh, Digital Globe, I started my own company called Remote Sensing Metrics or RS Metrics uh, with my brother and another co-founder. Uh, we had a sort of an interesting idea to take the uh, advent of uh, new satellites that were being launched, uh, including Worldview One from, from Digital Globe, and try to take advantage of this transition from mapping to monitoring. Um, so considering there was more capacity in satellites in the sky and you could revisit any location multiple times, we were using it to monitor activity at say like retailer parking lots, looking at changes in traffic, uh, car traffic and trying to correlate that with transactions inside the store. So I spent about 10 years at RS Metrics and then most recently moved on to Descartes Labs um, and took on a product marketing role and what I really loved about Descartes Labs is you know, the ability of it to, to take advantage of their platform to really do anything related to geospatial analytics. It provides really low level access to sort of do all the things that are possible uh, in the geospatial realm. And that's, uh, that's where I am today. Thank you so much for that introduction. And I think you bring so much experience in this area that um, um, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, you know, a lot of people are learning about, um, you know, what's now being called kind of climate tech and really understand our planet. But 
um, Alex, you started uh, a while back and really seeing kind of the evolution. Um, so maybe let's talk about that. I think you alluded to this, is that some of the um, principles remain the same uh, when you started um, looking at GIS and all, all the different entrepreneurial work that you have done, uh, building companies and to now, what has been the evolution in geospatial um, you know, intelligence or kind of innovation as relates to the various use cases uh, to understand Earth? Yeah, I think the concept of sort of going from mapping to monitoring and the sensor revolution has been sort of the linchpin of what's enabled us to monitor our world in this way. So, you know, when I first started at Digital Globe, there was one satellite QuickBird that they operated at the time. And, you know, maybe it could revisit, you know, every location on earth. I, I don't remember exactly, maybe once every week or so, um, but it really took a couple of the, the newer satellites with higher capacity, more frequent revisit to be able to, to look at the earth and understand what's happening in a more continuous stream of information and building time series analysis specifically. Um, so I would say that is probably the biggest change. And over the last 10 years, it's just become more and more pronounced. There's something like 6,000 satellites up in the sky today. Wow. Most of them are not, not Earth observation satellites, but uh, the ones that are, are just producing petabytes and petabytes of data. I think it's something like 80 to 100 terabytes a day. And you know, you really need platforms that can automatically sift through that data and pull out insights. So I think it's sort of this combination of the, the sensor revolution, cloud computing, and then some of the machine learning technologies, deep learning, computer vision, that have all come together to, to give us the tools that we need to take advantage of, of all this data. Yeah. No, thank you for that perspective. And, you know, it's mind blowing how much data are, are being captured and uh, um, kind of the almost like the democratization of satellites and how that's kind of driving things forward. So let's talk specific about Descartes Labs. Um, some, uh, you know, it's a well-known company. It has, uh, it's a venture backed, it has raised uh, a lot of capital from uh, renowned investors in the space. Uh, both strategic and institutional investors. And uh, how would you characterize kind of the focus uh, or the priorities of Descartes Labs and how it's taking some of the technology you mentioned uh, to drive uh, impact in, uh, with its customers? Sure, I would say Descartes Labs, we're, we're a geospatial intelligence company. So we go beyond geospatial analytics. We really wanna provide intelligence to our customers. Uh, at our core, uh, we were founded out of Los Alamos National Laboratory by a, a group of scientists, and uh, we perform scientific analysis of geospatial remote sensing and other diverse complementary data sets, uh, even data sets that uh, might come from customers themselves. And we use all that data to enable sustainable sourcing best practices, um, including commodity price forecasting, uh, even efficient mineral exploration, uh, those are just some examples. Uh, I think some of the verticals that we focus on are consumer goods, agriculture, specifically the agri-food supply chain, and then also the, the mining exploration uh, uh, industry. So we're really focused on uh, providing companies uh, more efficiency in their operations. And then the flip side of that is the sustainability uh, aspects that can be achieved by, by that increased efficiency. 
Um, we also, I think the core of what we do is, is built with our SaaS platform. So we have a geospatial processing engine uh, that automates the analysis of, of data for our users. Uh, this enables planetary scale analysis, again, with that sort of combination of cloud computing, uh, sensor revolution, and uh, machine learning. So we can do this planetary scale analysis on a, on a, on a you know, whole continent looking at things like deforestation or regenerative agriculture. And uh, by leveraging artificial intelligence and machine learning, um, we are able to basically bring uh, insights to companies that that weren't able to achieve them before. You know, I think when you look at like the advent of business analytics over the past 20 or 30 years, it really started with data sort of inside your four walls. So looking at, you know, the output of ERP systems and optimizing uh, uh, your own supply chain or logistics or you know, operations inside of a warehouse. And I think what we want to do is we want to use this, these petabytes of external data to, to sort of model what's happening in the world around you and get a better picture of how the earth and the, the, the rest of the supply chain, both your suppliers upstream and downstream, impact the context in which you operate and, and allow you to sort of optimize it. You know, a lot of these, these geospatial, um, geospatially, oriented companies, think of the commodity supply chains, you know, they're very reliant on location and the earth and, and basically, you know, trade across all the, the whole globe. They're, they're geospatially oriented, but a lot of them still aren't geospatially informed. So that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to use our platform to inform their operations, make them more sustainable. Uh, you know, we depend on these companies to feed billions of people, to supply the the materials that we need for all of our modern devices. And uh, I think one of the things that the companies really want to do going forward is, is just um, operate in a more sustainable way. And that will help them, you know, basically fulfill their fiduciary duty to their shareholders by, um, you know, operating sustainably uh, and, you know, having just a long-term view on what's best for them and, and for the world around them. Yeah. And um, with respect to uh, the commodity, um, the commodity uh, forecasting, uh, Alex, and, you know, everybody's reading a lot about kind of the supply chain pressure and uh, the pandemic is making it worse. And, and in general, there are just lots of pressure, um, both on the supply chain side and also, the other kinds of responsibilities, um, you know, as, as companies become more aware of ESG and sustainability. So with Descartes Labs, when you work with your customers, um, just on the commodity, um, uh, uh, with the commodity companies, how, what, what are some of the example questions that you help them answer? Sure. I, I think maybe to take a step back a little bit, I think that commodity intensive industries are, are facing sort of dual challenges. You know, first you have increasing margin compression and competition coming from all sides. You know, we've all heard about sort of the increased demand and the bounce back um, right. demand after COVID, uh, some of the inflation that that's causing in the agri-food supply chain. Um, so they have that that they have to deal with. There's resource scarcity, you know, as we progress on and on throughout the years here, 
uh, resources are becoming harder to come by and you know extracting them from the environment requires uh, more careful uh, a more careful approach basically a more balanced approach uh, making sure that we you know, don't continue to add externalities out into the environment uh, finally there's when we look at like price forecasting and forecasting and securing of, of, of commodities, there's a lot of competition now with AI and algorithmic trading. Uh, so somebody say who needs to secure, you know, thousands of tons of soybean meal or palm oil, uh, you know, now they're competing with hedge funds and, and other commodity market participants that, that are running AI models or algorithmic trading strategies. So that's that sort of margin compression and competition is one of the big challenges. The second is there's, and this is very welcome, you know, there's an increasing long-term focus on sustainability and biodiversity. Yeah. So as, as I said before, you know, externalities from some of the intensive operations we've had over the past 50 or 100 years, they're finally coming home to roost. We can see this all around us in climate change and, you know, increased forest fires and temperature increases, uh, changes in weather and climate. Um, so it's really becoming a company's fiduciary duty to pay attention to ESG and, and factors like that. They have to serve all their stakeholders, their employees, the environment, their customers, and it's a very diverse world. So they need to, if they want to maintain long-term shareholder performance, they really need to double down on, on ESG initiatives. Um, and these, these diverse sets of stakeholders can't, can no longer be ignored, basically. So uh, I think, you know, what we offer are sort of a combination of two sides of the same coin in terms of like commodity market forecasting capabilities and sustainability initiatives. So, you know, another, uh, an example we like to use is, say, we look at in a lot of cases, we'll produce like a, a map of a particular commodity on the earth. It sounds pretty simple, but in reality, it's, it hasn't really been done before at a large scale. So if you want to know where all the coffee is grown in Brazil or all the palm oil in, say, Southeast Asia, we have the capability to use machine learning and satellite technology to, to map that at a very fine grain level of detail. Once we map all of that, we can use it to sort of target areas of commodity forest, but then also natural forest. And we can then use the, that target to basically uh, provide a baseline for where we should be looking for things like land use emissions or deforestation or reforestation. Uh, but that same data set that we, we've used, again, to map like the natural forest versus the commodity forest, uh, we can then use to say, uh, intersect that with weather forecasting or calculating acreage and yield. And so those same data sets can be used to predict yield and forecast prices, but at the same time, they can also be used for sustainability initiatives, like I mentioned before. So it's this dual capability of being able to pr provide both um, commodity market forecasting, uh, but keep it within the lens of sustainability as well. And in many cases, we can use commodity market forecasting to fund sustainability initiatives. 
I really appreciate that clarification and explanation and, um, you know, really taking something very complex and break it down for our audience and, and kind of make that relationship between uh, technology impact and, and how to actually, how do you actually do that? Um, talk to us a bit more about some of the other, um, you know, areas of, um, offering of Descartes Labs, you know, you know, using the same kind of technology platform, uh, SaaS platform, and uh, how, how do your customers use Descartes Labs similarly or differently? Sure, maybe I'll give some examples uh, within mining exploration. So at, at this stage, you know, we, we all rely on uh, the, the materials and elements that mining companies produce. Um, and like any other company, they are trying to operate in the most sustainable way possible. And it's just become more and more important to them as ESG and other factors have, have really you know, become focus areas for institutional investors that invest in their, their, their firms and their companies. So one of the things that we're helping them do is it becomes harder and harder to find, uh, to find mineral deposits or to, to do exploration you know, all the easy uh, areas for, for uh, minerals like iron ore or uh, nickel or um, you know, anything that, that a company might be exploring for have already been found. So now it's just getting harder and harder to find these, these deposits in a sustainable way. So you can, on one hand, just get boots on the ground and explore everywhere. That's a little bit uh, intensive. Uh, can, can be difficult for the environment. But what we offer is we basically take in a couple of remote sensing data sets, global data sets from one is called Aster, and it's a um, global multispectral data set, meaning it has multiple bands of, 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 of imagery that extend outside the visual spectrum, uh, the human visual spectrum. And we've taken that data set and basically pulled out the clearest pixel possible across the whole world. So when I'm talking about planetary scale capabilities, this is one. We've, we've produced this global map of what we call a bare earth composite of the, the clearest pixel available across the whole world. And we've, we've assembled that using our cloud computing capabilities, this massive data set. We've also done one for Sentinel-2, which is a somewhat similar uh, optical earth observation data set. And uh, we've basically created a global composite map. And so now uh, mineral exploration companies can take that data along with software tools that we've built. And what used to take them, you know, hours, months, days to, you know, to build the, you know, clean the data, project the data, color balance the data uh, for just an individual project area. We've taken all of that away. So now they can just basically pan and zoom anywhere they want on the earth. And that data has already been produced for them. And then we combine that with interpretation tools and uh, other ways for geologists to be able to, you know, understand and interpret what's happening on the ground, it just saves them so much time for early stage exploration activities. And so we've seen a lot of success with that. And I think it's great because it just makes them operate more efficiently. And 
right. that helps them find sort of the best candidates that uh, that that would have taken them, you know, much longer uh, on a project by project basis. And now we can sort of open up the whole world to them, you know, by producing these these global data sets. Yeah. And when you go to kind of your customers and, um, you know, whether it's the commodity, uh, large commodity companies or uh, the, the mining companies, and, and I know you guys serve uh, across a wide spectrum of, of clients, is um, I think in our experience, we, you know, a lot of companies think that if they have machine learning engineers, they can do geospatial stuff and, you know, they're able to do both compute and uh, the analysis and, and, you know, everything between including building the pipeline um, at the beginning, but it's, it's a big endeavor. And so who do you talk to when you go to these clients? You know, do, does Descartes app usually talk to machine learning engineers? Is it more of a strategic engagement and, and really getting kind of the business side to understand kind of the value proposition and just the evolving trends that Alex you're describing here? You know, really, it, it can be any any one of the sort of personas that you mentioned. You know, oftentimes it might be a director of innovation or uh, you know manager of advanced analytics or a, a sustainable su- sustainable sourcing manager, um, an exploration geologist. I think that's sort of the beauty of our platform is that it it allows you to like get again get this like low level access to geospatial data, compute, uh, machine learning technologies. And sort of you can build anything you want from that. Whereas a lot of other platforms are sort of prescribed, and you know it's a, a little bit limited in terms of, of the capabilities. So, you know, we're talking to um, managers who are on the ground um, that are trying to, you know, reduce costs for procurement or hedge against purchasing costs. Um, can be a VP of supply chain. It's, it's really pretty variable, I would say. Yeah. And um, for, um, for, for uh, individuals and even students and others who want to get into geospatial intelligence, Alex, what, what do you recommend them to study in school or how do they, you know, go and be able to work companies like Descartes Labs? I think that a, a good sort of education within the physical sciences these days often mm-hmm. includes the necessary computer science work that you need to you really need to have today in order to be successful, whether it's in with, within commercial or academia or even within government. So say you, you know, are a physics major, you're going to be exposed to machine learning techniques. You're also going to be exposed to traditional statistical techniques or you can get a a degree in physical geography, or you can have a degree in meteorology. I think all of these uh, fields, any sort of physical science or computer science field is really key uh, to being being able to to make headway within this field and this industry. Uh, We see see a lot of, you know, a lot of diverse backgrounds basically. So, you know, even, you know, there's a lot of communication that's required. So even traditional business degrees are, are valuable um, because, you know, you can apply all the science in the world, but if you can't communicate and get, you know, sort of a, a, a groundswell of people following in the same direction, it's hard to make a lot of progress. So, um, you know, anything related to physical sciences, sustainability, 
uh, are, are sort of very data science, you know, those are very interesting areas and would definitely recommend students to, to, to continue along those paths. No, that's, that's great advice. And um, kind of last question, and it's a two-part question. Uh, one is, um, you know, what, what are some of the uh, continued key priorities for Descartes Labs is, you know, you guys think about 2022 and, uh, and then uh, the easier question, I suppose, is uh, where can, you know, prospective clients or partners uh, learn more about the company? Sure, I think in 20, remaining part of 2021 here in 2022, we're continuing to focus on our both sustainability and operations theme, um, you know, enhancing companies' capabilities to, to take advantage of contextual data around them and uh, sort of model their environment in a better way so they can become more geospatially informed. I think we're going to look more toward opening up our platform. So, you know, expanding our partnership strategy so we can have companies that really have sort of application specific um, experience can take our platform and apply you know, their knowledge, their, their unique knowledge and uh, you know, leverage it basically to produce solutions for their customers. So those might be um, software companies that sort of want to OEM or in integrate our capabilities within their broader solution. It could be channel partners who want to produce um, sort of one-off solutions for customers. But I think that's definitely a focus for us uh, in 2022 is expanding our, our partnership strategy and just allowing others to, to build on top of this great platform that we've created. Uh, and I think to your second question about getting in touch, really, it's, it's pretty easy these days. Uh, there's a lot of information on our website. We have a, a contact form on our website. But we encourage uh, lots of people to interact with us on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. So uh, the company pages on Twitter and LinkedIn, we share a lot of news and announcements. And uh, we love to, to hear from people uh, through those platforms. So there's multiple ways of getting in touch with us. Uh, just drop us a line and, uh, you know, hopefully we can we can reach out and connect and, and uh, you know, tackle some of these challenges together. Alex, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, share more about uh, your background, your work and uh, the focus and, and the impact that uh, Descartes Labs uh, is making. And uh, we welcome you to come back again uh, and continue to uh, uh, help raise awareness about uh, the role of geospatial uh, intelligence uh, in, uh, in climate tech, in sustainability. So thank you so much again for joining us at the Understory podcast. Thanks, JJ. It's been great to, to join you and uh, love the work you're doing at Understory. I really appreciate it.